So, yeah. John Cogan's interview with me. Um, there's a whole other part, which is just below that. And I suggest you do click on that, because otherwise this will not make a lick of sense. So, go click on that, and then come back and listen to the rest of it. Good. There's someone always pushing those kids to do it. And yeah. it's rarely for positive reasons. It's rarely for, like, positive reasons. It's usually, like, a parent who has seen something and then is now pushing, pushing, pushing and leads you off it. Yeah. I mean, that, that, def- that definitely, definitely exists. There might just be some kids who are just... If I, was, if I was 10 and someone was, like, do you want to be in a movie, I'd have been like, fuck, yeah, maybe... It wouldn't have been good for me, but I definitely would have done it. Yeah. Um, but is it? But for me also. Yeah. The parents need to be prepared for what comes after. What yeah, you've got to be smart about it. You've got to be smart about it, and you've got to have like therapists on the ready. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's going to take a deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? Do you think you'd like being famous if you got famous? No. No. I have thought about it many a time. Yeah. I like, right, I'd like the idea of performing to many people. Yeah. But the always constantly taking pictures and stuff. Sure. Uh, that would get to me constantly. Yeah. I always have like, um, I always have like sort of daydreams of me getting off the auto, like getting off. Um, that big gig, right? Yeah. yeah the auto, like the auto arena or something like that, and then. Instead of going out in the front where everyone is, me messaging my family to like meet me in a McDonald's somewhere and then me going out in the back. Yeah. So kind of being well respected in a field but keeping low key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was, think I'm the opposite. I'd be, a, I'd be a whore. I know you would. <laughs> I was listening to Ramesh Ranganathan's uh, podcast the other day. Who's right? Ramesh Ranganathan. Okay. And he was saying that he took his kid to see the Harry Potter and the first child in both parts, right? Yeah. And after the first half, they went to Pizza Express, and this couple came up to them during their meal and said, oh, which one we took, which one we took a picture <clears throat> Which is kind of wrong if you're with your kid anyway, yeah, yeah. Meal, right? But what was worse was when he agreed to, he, he said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. They asked the kid if he could take the, uh, they asked Ronish if his kid could take the picture for them. Oh, gosh. That's yeah. just out of order. That is super intrusive. Yeah. At least they weren't like, hey, do you mind if we take a picture? And they asked Romesh to take a picture of them and their kids. Yeah. yeah. That'd be worse. That'd be a lot worse, <laughs> yeah. That'd be a lot worse, to yeah. be fair. But at the same time, I, 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 I like my privacy too much. Mm. And yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a recluse, but... Yeah, you would, you'd want to be constantly yeah. in the spotlight. Well, exactly, yeah. And, and smartphones must have changed what being famous was. Now everybody wants a picture. Exactly. Um, I went to see... Uh, you know Jules Holland? Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I went to see him at the Royal Albert Hall last night. My friend had spare tickets. Like, to to me. How the fuck was that? That's really amazing. Yeah, he's like, he is insane. Like, yeah. I knew he was good, but he was just basically just flying up and down. Yeah. yeah was it just him or was he? No, yeah, whole, whole, like the whole kind of jazz soul orchestra. Yeah, really good. Like, each musician was a virtuoso. Um, the music itself, some of that I loved, some of it I got not bored of, but 
loads and loads of like big bands like blue stuff. So it's the same chord yeah. sequence going around and around and around. Yeah. You might have three blue songs in a row, like like boogie woogie, like yeah, 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 yeah. And after like you know ten fifteen minutes of that, musicians are incredible. We were we were the youngest people in the audience. I can imagine you. I can imagine you bringing the life expectancy up by about ten years. Yeah. yeah. I think I brought it down with the night afterwards. So. <laughs> yeah. Carry on, yeah. Um, yeah, what were we saying? Huh? You're at Jules Holland. Yeah. What were we talking about? I can't even remember. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and afterwards, you know, loads of people were queuing up for me. I'm sure. But he's not, he's not someone who's... Like, Super famous. Yeah, he's, like, he's famous. And most people know who he is, but I, I can't imagine that he's getting packed. Well, yeah. maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was speaking to Danny Field and his girlfriend. I remember at a gig on Thursday, right? Yeah. And they were telling me they went to go see Only Fools and Horses, and Lee Francis, who plays Keith Lemon, yeah. was there was there as well okay. at the VIP area. Yeah. And I we just we all, we all thought that no, I bet you like ninety nine percent of the people who were taking pictures of him didn't know who he actually was. They just thought he was someone who they see. Yeah. Yeah. So you might as well get the picture if you're there. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely that. Yeah, I reckon if you sort of walked around, let's say you hired 20 actors to just follow you around the street asking yeah. for photos of other people, then I'm, like, I'm sure they've done that. It must yeah. be like a prank video. Or something. Yeah. Well, if you go to Edinburgh, like you just hang out in the Pleasance, which is something I didn't do really at all. Yeah. You hang around the Pleasance courtyard, you'll see all the, all the comedians and stuff. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't bother to do that at all. Yeah. It's kind of like, to what end? If you want to. Speak to them and say you're a fan, great. It's just to get photos of what you put on Instagram. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Who was, who was the favourite that you saw in Edinburgh this year? Um, I actually went to go and see. Yeah, favourite I went to go and see would be. Do you know what? I think Philip Simon. Okay. Do you know who he is? Uh, name rings about, but I'm not sure. Name rings about. He is a comedian who played Daddy Pig in the, um, in the stage version of the Pig. <laughs> right, fair enough. And his store and his um and his and his um and his show was not exactly about that, but about his life and yeah, sort of how Peppa Pig is good for good for people and good okay. for so it's, it's quite wholesome, wholesome comedy. Yeah, nice. wholesome-ish. Yeah, yeah, wholesome yeah. deviation. Yeah, um, I think also as one of the big names like Eddie Izzard or him. Yeah, or he's, he's her, him. Yeah, him. We'll, we'll go, yeah, we'll, we'll. <laughs> I'll let you choose. Uh, Eddie Izzard. Yeah, Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Um, he was good. He was playing a what he did in Work in Progress. Okay. Um, and that was, that was he ran like a million marathons, right? Yeah. But you know what was great about that show? Not every joke worked. Okay. So it was really good to see someone of that caliber yeah. do exactly what we do on a night, yeah. on whenever okay. we go. That's weird that he would do his work in progress at Edinburgh. I guess he's so big that for him, that's not even that. Yeah. That's not such a big show. Whereas for us guys, I'd be like, right, bring your A game. You've got to. That's it, yeah. yeah. Um, and Ed Byrne was great too. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, shout out to Joe Bates and Luke Chilton as well. Their, yeah. show, was good. Their show was good. I've seen Luke Chilton at an open mic once. It was yeah. really funny. Yeah. He's got such like a fun, silly energy. Yeah. Yeah, he's really funny. So, segue as we always do. Mm-hmm. How did you get from music into comedy? So, at school, I used to make a lot of 
silly comedy videos with my friends. Like one of us would have a camera. I think it started by obviously everyone does this, but you watch Jackass. Yeah. And the first thing you do is try and recreate that. Um, and then that kind of turned more into little skits than actual stunts because we were all pussies. I think the, the biggest stunt we ever did was we flushed our friend Joe's head down the toilet. Oh. I think he won. He was like the leader. He, he wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, Where is this kid now? Oh, he's like he's, like, he's a fully functioning grown up. How? Got a toilet fetish for some reason. How? How yeah. do you? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, it was just I think he was the bravest, so we just yeah. did that. And you know, we'd like we'd jump off, off small roofs. I think we just discovered that Lynx is flammable if you hold a lighter to it. And yeah. Again, I think we set Joe's jumper on fire. Um, <laughs> whilst he was wearing it. Whilst he was wearing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a bit of an accident. That was more of an outtake. But, um, yeah. So we start with those kind of in quotes stunts, uh-huh. and then we made sketches. And then I made a comedy video, but a geography year nine presentation, and we just filmed it and edited it on camera. And we showed it to the class, and then the whole class was just like in stitches. And that was that was the first time of like a real taste of that. Like, oh wait, okay, so we made this. It's getting a huge response. It feels yeah. fucking amazing. Like, oh, I'm addicted to this now. I'm like, yeah, um, it is a drug, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's like pure dopamine, like hierarchy nonsense. It's like yeah. hardwired. And it's so rare that you'll get the level, well, once you first take your first taste first of it, it's so yeah. rare that you'll get something as good as that first taste. That's why I find when you do new material and it works, it's kind of like that again. And then when you do it again, you, you sort of know it's going to work. But yeah. then if it goes badly, then it's like the opposite. It's like you're expecting to get a really nice steamy hot tub. And it's going to feel amazing and be really relaxing and refreshing. You go in and it's warm. And it just turns out it's that's yeah. what that set feels like. I'm yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why hard. Um, but yeah. So yes, yeah, so we made a lot of comedy videos at school. We made some in sixth form, and that was very, very early days of YouTube. So I think the first video I ever saw on YouTube was one that we uploaded. It's only been out for like a month or so, uh, and then that got sent around all the schools. We made like a, a funny school prospectus. Um, what school did you go to? Uh, Owens, Dame Alice Owens in Potters Bar. Um, Private. No, no, not private. Okay. But had a lot of like new school kids. Ah. Oh. So it may have well have been, but it wasn't. It wasn't paid for. It was just. God, I do actually have. Some, I do actually. Know, I I used to know Potter's Bar quite well. Yeah. Like seventy-five hairdressers in the school. Like what? Seventy-five hairdressers at a school. That's what it's known for. Fucking hell! I, I just remember having. Um, I went to um, a specialist optician down there a few times. A few times. And. They had a blockbuster video just underneath, underneath the, well, just past the railway, just past the train set, the railway station. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much cool. Yeah. Yeah. About sure. a 20 minute walk from there. Yeah. And it was a fun school. I mean, we used to get away with quite a lot because it wasn't, it wasn't like a rock school really, but it was very mischievous. Like everyone always had like a silly project going on or. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's what kids, that's the default, like mischievous. Yeah. So we made, we made some videos there, comedy videos, uh, and yeah, they started getting sent around. And that's when you, that's when I first had people who I didn't know be like, oh, I saw your video. I was like, oh, really? Um, and that was that was great. And then we started making bigger, better productions at uni about a year afterwards. And then, yeah, they were like lots of comedy sketches, comedy videos, and that's when I knew I really had a taste for that. Yeah. Um, so when did you first start getting on stage? Stand up? Yeah. Uh, about a year and a half ago. So quite recently, um, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. um, I think I 
because I've been thinking about it for a couple of years. I always thought I could write stuff and I could not act, but I could learn lines and be silly on camera. Yeah. I never really thought I'd be any good at performing. I was like, fuck it, I've got to give it a go. I've got all this material. Yeah. I was writing a, a sitcom at the time and I had all this extra material. What was the sitcom about? Um, so this one, it was, it was kind of a bit of a stand idea. It was a, like a character driven, low concept. It was just three three guys living together and they're all like out for shit. I'm basically just ripping off It's Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we started shopping that around and we had a little bit of interest, but everything would take so long. Like, you send a guy an email and he'd be like, yeah, it's great, we're going to get back to you. And then be like a month later, they'd be like, yeah, come in for a meeting. And maybe a month later, I'm like, well, I just got to try some of this stuff out to know if it's funny. Because we think it's funny. My friends have read it. So I started incorporating some of those jokes in stand-up, like the stuff they would talk about. So, a question. How do you actually get to a point where you're actually able to email stuff to these producers? Um, so some, how, do, how does it yeah. go? Like, what, What's the process that you have to take? So when I was a bit younger, a few years ago, I worked for a production company. Uh, uh, I was just yeah. doing running and stuff. Um, and they, they were producing a they produced a sitcom called uh, Wasted. It was on Channel 4. I think only one for one season. Um, as much Channel 4 sitcoms do. Yeah. Unless, yeah. You're, unless you're the in-between. Yeah. That's what you're kind of... That's what everyone wants. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I kind of saw behind the scenes and they had... They had some connections. I wrote them all down. I'm, I'm like, I'm an obsessive note taker. If I ever think of anything funny or like a lyric idea or a song idea, I'll write it down. I have yeah. a list of like thousands or like a, a contact. I have thousands and thousands of notes. So I don't trust myself to remember anything. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I mean, you must have something similar, right? When you come up with a joke, you write it down. I have that thing where I could be awake. I could be awake at two a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And I cannot get to sleep yeah. unless I've noted what I'm writing. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's going to go otherwise, especially at night when your memories aren't recording. Yeah. yeah, that's important. So, so yeah, the process it was some of it was like ask anyone you know, does anyone know anybody at a production company? Does anyone have any contacts? Some of them were like friends and family friends. Oh, this person wants to end of all, put them an email, and they'd be like in the fucking admin department, but they might then be able to pick in contact with someone. Yeah. Just ask around as much as possible. And I'm and I I'm not talking from someone who had a sitcom commission yeah um just sending out loads of emails so yeah any leads you can a friend of a friend knows somebody works here hey do you mind picking up for a coffee can we have a chat that kind of stuff because all you really need is one person to put it in the right person's hands and then, sure. yeah okay yeah are you have you written stuff are you thinking about it uh it's something i'm because it's uh, a sitcom podcast yeah exactly it's something i've like always considered again but I might want to do a sitcom writing class first before I do anything. Okay. And yeah. Well, that's something that's in the that's something that's going to be in the future. Sure. Um, but yeah, back to you again. Yeah. Um, so you were writing a sitcom and you decided that some of the jokes might be good enough to be put on stage. Yeah, or even the concepts. Uh, they might be funny to talk about. I kind of I had to change the format of them. They were written in like stories or or speech. Yeah. Uh, so I just incorporated some of those in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did my, my first five minute set a year and a half ago, and I was, I was so nervous. I was really, like, I've been on stage loads of times before. Oh, of course. Band, but, uh, yeah. So different. There's only maybe like 10 people in the audience. Where was it? Uh, it was the Soho Comedy Club uh, at the round table. Is that still going? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, who was it? Who, was, who runs it? Uh, David 
Mark Holland, I think, and Jules, and Jules, not Mark, uh, yeah, David and Jules, basically. David and Jules, so yeah. is that open mic or is that? It's open mic, but they have, um, you know, like semi-pros dropping in and doing um, five, ten minutes. It's kind of a new, new act, new material. Is it at the Soho Theatre? No, no, it's at the, it's at the top of the pub at the round table. Okay. The round table pub, it's near, it's near there. Um, yeah. So I just want to close the door. Yeah, I'm going to show the door. Yeah, sorry. Keep going. This is my first gig, and there's maybe 10 people there. How'd it go? Actually, quite well. One thing I noticed was the big, like the big strokes, they were landing, like the big punches, but it was like kind of silent in between. But the little, the little, like, small joke I thought would be. Gets a laugh, they won. Yeah, the silence between that, but the big punchline for landing. Like, okay, it was harder than I thought it was going to be in some way. You've really got to like fight for those punches. Yeah. It just wasn't tight, it wasn't tight at all. No, um, but it was great. And I felt like I was flying and I just had such adrenaline after it. it went so quickly in my mind, and it was like that was amazing. I'm gonna sign up straight away again. Um, yeah, but I was super nervous, like. If it went badly, that had been 100% of my experience of stand-up being bad. Yeah. Um, but it's great. And, you know, still new. It'd be about a year and a half, two years. Yeah, a year and a half. Right? Yeah, yeah. Apparently it takes like three years to get any good anyway. Right. Three years and then some. Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. But what, what I'm trying to do now uh-huh. is I'm trying to go and see actual comic well, I'm trying to go to actual comic clubs just to watch. Yeah. Like next week, I'm going to be going to uh, what's it called, Justice on it. Yeah. Well, mainly because I'm interviewing the guy, and it's going to be seeing that night. Great. Right. Exactly. Uh, Tom Tolls. Okay. Cool. But also, I want to see what it's like. Uh, not an open mic comedy night, and not a go to arena. Yeah, somewhere in between. Yeah. Because that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. That's that's the next level up. Yeah. Because part of it is you get to see so you get to see so many open mic comedy, so much open mic comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Start thing, start getting used to it, and you get to, and start copying like other open mic meetings, yeah. right? That's good in a way, but you need to see what the professionals are doing. You want to learn from your people further up the hierarchy, yeah. You can learn from your peers, certainly, yeah. Um, and also, like, you might, in quotes, kill that open mic night, and that's the, all the bringers are there, and everyone's very friendly, but the yeah. same material might not work at all at an aid night, so you've yeah. got to see all these different things. But that's why I think that Edinburgh, like things like Edinburgh, are great yeah. because they're not open mic audiences; they're comedy audiences. So if it doesn't work there, it might not work. True. You know? Yeah. True. But then also on the converse, I've done some open mics when there's been literally two audience members, and that's not a fair representation of how good that material is. No, of course not. Yeah, it's just it, it's so weird. It's such a weird thing. You can only practice in front of people, and if yeah. they aren't, yeah. So, what's the worst? What's the biggest bomb? Oh, so this is relatively recently, and I've been quite lucky. I've not had any like disaster disaster. I've had one, but there's been two people in the audience, yeah. and they've been like giggling, but still really quiet. Just two yeah. people. Yeah. But it was a few weeks ago um, in Peckham, and I had I had one. We did we did Monty's on Tuesday. Uh-huh. And that was fucking great. Uh, like, I had like an absolutely great show, like yeah. really good. We're there on Tuesday again. Great, absolutely. See you on Tuesday. Um, yeah, see you on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
yeah, and I was feeling pretty confident after that. I had like a run of good ones. And then I came up with one on the Thursday, a few days later, and I was last in the first half. And the first joke just did not hit anything. And I'd never had that before. Like, it almost like I hadn't even had a joke. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is weird. And I, and I carried on. Yeah. And some of my stuff is a bit like confrontational, and they're not on your side, and it just looks like a brick. Yeah. It felt fucking awful. Yeah. And I, I was really as confused as well because I did not have that. Like, it had to happen, and it's very valuable lesson. Like, it, it, it's my fault. I, I should have been good enough to know how to deal with that. And like, I sort of kind of just carried on. I didn't really know what to do. I kind of referenced it wasn't going well, and I got. I kind of got rid of any, in quotes, offensive, I've got to stop saying in quotes, um, I got rid of any like, slightly more offensive material and just did all the shit on making this up myself. Yeah. And that, that did better. It was a real, like, uphill struggle. But people, like, not, yeah, it was a real uphill struggle. And it didn't, it, I didn't even really pull it back. It was just like, and I think I was meant to do 10 minutes. I was like, yep, six minutes. See you guys. Yeah. Um, and it felt like shit. And it was the day before I had my first roast battle, uh, which I was a bit nervous for. And that kind of like fucked with my confidence. Yeah. Um, fortunately, the roast battle went well. Um, Who did you roast? A uh, girl called Mekin. Uh, Mekin? Uh, Mekin Rock? Yeah, yeah. She's very funny. Yeah. Who won? Uh, I, I won, but it was, it was 2 1. So like, did you? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good fun. I had you made to come down for that one, so I like, really wanted it to go well. Yeah. But that feels like, that feels proper, because it's like the Bill Murray. Yeah. And, like, it was cool, you know, maybe only 60, 70 people there, but like, it was cool, and everyone wanted to watch, like, a proper night. Yeah. And it wasn't so fast about worrying, it was more about, like, uh, sorry, winning. It was more just about putting on a good show. So, like, yeah. It was nice to win as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And she, did, she did really well. Good fun, funny stuff. But yeah, carry on. Yeah, so that, that bomb felt, just felt bad, and I was like, fuck, I've just got to write a friendly set, or I've got to do something different. And then, since then, I've, I've you know done the same jokes and gone super well. Yeah. So I think it's just we're never it's never everyone has to do it. Yeah. And I was quite lucky that I didn't have a, a disaster for like a year, like two months, a year, three months, whatever it was. Before. Yeah. So it came quite late. Um, but it, yeah, it felt like shit. Yeah. yeah. I understand. But I mean, you know, the thing is, like, you don't. You learn more from the bad gigs than you do from the good gigs. Absolutely. You record your sets. Of course, every time. Mm -hmm. And I listen to it on the train back. And I listen to it, watch it once on the train back, and I upload it to my YouTube channel so I'm listed. So that I can, if I like it enough, I can send that one out to promote it. But yeah, I'm still kind of searching for that one gig or that one video where it's a tight 10 minutes. 10, okay. That's what you need, right? 10. Yeah, yeah. tight 10 minutes. Okay. And that is not exactly hard at the moment, but like, I want one that's good enough where but everything goes right. That's, that's the one you're sending out. Or not, or not with those right. Because yeah. you don't want too much of it to go right, that you're going to, it's going to be absolutely perfect. But enough of it goes smooth enough. The promoters will look at it and go, yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I need to do the same thing. I've got, I've got like a video recording of the night's five. Um, you ever done the blackout? The blackout? I've not done blackout. No. That's actually a great one to do because it's a big, it's a big room, with lots of people, and they film it really nicely. So it's yeah. worth doing. How did you do the blackout? Yeah, good. Um, I've done it twice and I got through both times. Um, the first time was better. I, 
more depth of crowd. The second one was a bit of like heaving, like heaving to and fro, like trying to win him and get him and do something bit yeah. back. Um, but yeah, really fun. Um, what do you think? What do you think of bomb shows in general? I think they're not representative of, in quotes, actual content again of actual comedy shows. Um, but You're right. a good experience. Yeah. Um, have you ever done the King Kong? I've never done King Kong. The only Kong shows I've done have been um, Ed Factor whilst in Edinburgh. Okay. And uh, another one I've been as well. How'd it go? Um, first time I did the Kong show lasted two minutes. Okay. Because um, I forgot my set and I've gone myself off. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't gone me. So, I quit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, after the uh, the second the second one I did, I lasted three and a half minutes. Uh, the third one I did, which was um, another another one, would be was about two and a half minutes. Okay. Again, set, and I just rubbed myself back. You just tuned in. We're talking about gong shows. Tune again. This isn't the radio. Wait, this isn't live. No. Why did I dress up? I don't know. Why did I get my hair done? I have no idea. <laughs> this is the... Wait, there's no camera. No. Why am I in full lipstick? I have literally no idea. Stop getting naked. <laughs> Um, and in the fourth one, I lasted four and a half minutes. Awesome. What happened at the end? Just, uh, they just or... weren't, they just didn't like one punchline. That's why it's such like, um, such a tightrope. Say one wrong thing or you stumble on one word. If they're yeah. out for blood, they're out for blood. Yeah. The King, the King Gong in, um, in Soho or wherever it is. Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, it's just, it's a... It's like football garden, football garden, football yeah. Garden, I think, yeah, it's like it's like performing for football crowds. Like, yeah. Chanting, they're cheering. I got up from the audience once. I got to about four minutes. Um, and for some reason, I went really cockney. I think I was nervous. I just put, I put on like a oh, I'm yeah, a grab. I'm like, where is this coming from? Um, I was worried if I went too like too middle class and posh from the beginning that way. That would yeah. get me all worked in my favour. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. And then. For about four minutes, and I, I lost him on the punchline. I'm pretty pleased with that. Yeah. Comedians who I've seen, who I think are really good, getting gone after 30 seconds. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it helps to have like a because there's like 30 people on that night. You want you want to look and stand out to get their attention anyway, but that can also play in your favour or work against you. But. Yeah. So do um do the blackout. Do the blackout, but don't do King Kong. Uh, it, it's an experience worth going through, but I wouldn't take it to heart. I don't. I will, I will do the Black House something. Yeah. King Kong, I don't know if I'll gain anything from it. True, true. Unless you other, than, other than potentially getting a, ten, a five minute spot on a pro gig. Yeah. That, you have to do that, right? To get on the comedy store, you've got to be, you've got to be there, Gong. As like, a, if you're not represented by an agent, you've got to be there, Gong. Yeah. I think that's how it works. I have no idea. Yeah. I just think that's a bit of a shitty thing to do. I think that's just a bit of a shitty thing to do. Because I know that it's not It's yeah. not a comedy audience. Yeah. It's not a comedy audience. It's an extreme comedy audience. It's like a comedy audience with zero patience and a lust for blood. That's what it is. So that's not a comedy audience. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a normal one. That's the ones who will sit at home drinking lager whilst watching her live in the Apollo or whatever. Yeah. It's not a, giving it's, everything one star on TripAdvisor. Yeah, that's it. Themselves. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We've got to tell ourselves this, right? Yeah. What's been your best gig? Best gig. One of the funnest ones was the blackout, the first blackout gong show I did. You get two minutes 
So you've got two minutes to say whatever you want before they can gong you. And then there are a couple of good moments, a couple of good interactions with the crowd that I tied into my set, and that yeah. kind of got them on the side. Yeah. That was really fun. Um, the, what's the one in uh, Southwell? Cavendish Arms. Yeah, that's been, that's been nice one to say. When you've got like the whole room on side and, yeah. and every kind of fine, even the setup of the game. Questioner, have you won the trophy? No, I've come second a few times. Come second a few times. Never How many friends do you have to bring down for Just that? one. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can um you only have to bring one friend. What to win it or to, to win it, yeah, to, oh, right. yeah, to win it. I had one I had one before I came second. And they I had all the guys cheering for me and they did no no weapon clapping for me. And then the other was uh, I was up against this girl, it was really funny. Yeah. Um, I can't remember her name, but she won it. She had all like uh, ladies screaming for that. Yeah. So I think it's always a bit like there's an element of voting for women who can always scream louder than men. Definitely higher. Yeah. yeah. I've got a pretty high scream. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not really good. Um, yeah, I, know, I know I didn't get through, but the four minutes of the King Kong show yeah. was really exhilarating because it's so nerve wracking if you get thrown off at any minute. Yeah. And you get some laughs. It's a big room as well, 400 yeah. people. Yeah. That's a nice size audience. But yeah, there's been some standout ones, but I haven't really. Most, I've been mostly doing open mic, open mics, and a couple of, you know, a couple of paid ones here and there. Ooh, what was that? You know, boom comedy. Um, no. Mark Rivlin, the pun. Uh, he's like the pun king. He's got some nice shows. Um, where he sold tickets to them. Um, not not like big money. Just, how, how did you get onto those? Um. I think he's got, got friendly with Mark and he invited me, yeah. And he's put, put on a couple. Um, yeah, he's good at organising events, they're nice. But, yeah, I haven't haven't made any money from stand-up yet. No. I'm still, still learning. Part of it is no one makes the Israeli or make money from stand-up. Even yeah. if you get money from stand-up, you're still going to be going to, you're still going to pay to go to the place. And if it's yeah. out of you're paying for, for train fare mm-hmm. or petrol money or hotel, well, a cheap hotel. Exactly, yeah. You're not making money. No. You're, when, getting, you're selling arenas, you certainly are, but yeah. after that point. Um, that's what you've got to enjoy. You've got to love it. Yeah. Uh, every every night before a gig, I have this like yeah. sick, nervous, but also excited feeling. It's like, it's like you're going to open up scrap, in a scrap, scrap part, and it might be like, fuck you, or it might be like, big prize. Yeah. Um, you, you just have to love it, I think. But then again, you know, I'm talking from a year and a half experience. Yeah. Yeah. I get that too. So, speaking of experienced writers, mm-hmm. Family Guy, baby. Absolutely. So, one of the greats. One of the greats. Uh, started in 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, do you reckon that was a sort of a response to South Park? I think it's a love letter to The Simpsons, yeah. if I may use such a pretentious phrase. Yeah. Um, I think it's more on the Simpsons side of things. You've got the family, you've got the uh, the over dad and the hot mom, and you know all this. And I'm not saying mom, it's just hot, but you know. Oh, she is quite attractive. Yeah, put the hair down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's. I don't know if it's a response to South Park, but it definitely has the kind of ruder humour that South Park would have. Yeah. Um, but it was so quick and creative and funny at the beginning. Uh, family Guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of love for that show. I, I think I've seen. Almost all of it, maybe not the last season. I'm currently, watching, I'm currently watching the last season. How is it? I enjoy it more than I enjoyed the season before it. Yeah, there was a bit of a dip for a couple of seasons. There's been a dip constantly. There's been a dip for a while because Seth MacFarlane has sort of distanced himself from 
the writing side of things. Ah, okay. okay. Because he's busy on the Orville. What's that? The Orville. Is that a new series? Yeah, so his Star Trek parody. I've not even heard of it. Yeah. Okay. It's in this like third season, I find it's quite good. Oh, wow, okay. And he was also doing The Loudest Voice, which is based on the, uh, what's his name? The Fox News guy, the Fox News guy. Uh, Russell Limbaugh, who did No, Russell Limbaugh, um, what's his name? Not Alex Jones. No, 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 it's the guy that owns Fox News. No, the guy that died and owned Fox News. Uh, the picture is picture his face right now. It's not Murdoch. It's yeah. the guy that Murdoch was scared of. He helped yeah. with the um, he helped with the he helped with the Nixon um Watergate stuff. He helped the no he helped the Nixon elected. Okay. Um because he made him look up and tell me what his name um what is his Something name? Like it. It's gonna really annoy me. And I don't want to look it up because it's really gonna annoy me. Um you see the shape of the name. Of the yeah, I can see this. I can see the shape of his head and like all that. Uh, give the description of what he looks like for the uh, for the listeners. He's all well, he's dead now, so do you know, fuck it, I'm looking it up. Right. I'm looking it up. So it's uh, it's like a parody of the whole like box. It's not a parody. It's like what happened because he was um, he was a, he sexually harassed a lot of women. So it's about his. Okay. It's about his rise and fall, basically. Okay. So you got, you got me too hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'll check out that Star Trek thing. Um, Roger Ailes, that's it. Roger Ailes. Okay. That's it, Roger Ailes. Yeah. yeah. So he's busy doing all that. He's busy doing those kind of serious shows. So he does the voices for Family Guy still. Yeah. But I think he has a lot less say in the creative plans creatively. Fair enough. I guess that's just a testament to his talent and writing how good it was at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but that show, yeah, it really kind of, it hit a different market for The Simpsons, yeah. slightly edgier, more adult, but I loved it from the age of about 10. Yeah. Um, I used to borrow the DVDs of my friends who had all the Family Guy season, yeah. drink a big two-liter bottle of iced tea, watch the whole DVD in one of Well, like an absolute, that's not an acceptable thing for a kid to do. <laughs> 75 grams of sugar, like two hours of cartoon. Um, that was like, that was an indulgence back then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, I just love an underdog story. And even though you would, you probably wouldn't see it as such now, but Family Guy is an underdog because it got cancelled twice. And, and came back. brought it back, right? Yeah. The DVD sales and... And the Stewie Griffin, and the Stewie Griffin movie. Yeah. The Untold Story. Yeah, The Untold yeah. Story, yeah. Yeah, I remember all that. That was hilarious. That was great. That film, that was an actually great feature-length episode. Yeah. And just the whole whole show was so tightly written. I mean, joke, 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 yeah. joke. And it'd be really great with weird... And there'd be visual gags, and there'd be just like rude stuff, and there'd yeah. be like clever world play and all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, who's your favorite character? Favorite character for me? Um, I want to say, well, obviously, Peter and that. Yeah, Peter. But like, like, uh, okay. periphery character. Periphery character. I think uh, it would have to be Carter. Who's right? Carter. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah, it has to be him. <laughs> He's just such a dick. I like the. Uh, Oh no! Oh no! I get the match with the Peter Adams. Yeah, I think they're going to win. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's not the Simpsons, but no. it's not far off. No, but nothing. But I like the fact that they are openly taking the piss out of Fox, mm-hmm. despite being paid handsomely by them. Yeah. Yeah, they got away with a lot. 
Yes. So, what do you think was... What's... What are your problems with Family Guy? What do you think the issues are with that? Um, I guess there's, you could say there's like a general declining quality. Um, yeah. I think possibly they ran out of concepts. Yeah. Um, a lot of people said, oh, they just got this joke again. Like, yeah. Future versus Meg. I actually quite like that. The more they pushed it. I, I yeah, you see, I'm, I have an issue. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. That's my issue with it. They do the same things over and over again. Yeah. yeah. I always found it a bit of a treat to fight the fan stuff. It's big. It was annoying sometimes. Yeah. Like Mr. Conway Twitty and he'd be singing for like six minutes. Yeah. Um, I always quite admire the tenacity of doing that. Um, but it could be boring and it could be really funny. I'm sick of the chicken fights. Yeah. And they're still doing them. Well, yeah, they did the Donald Trump one, didn't they? I've not seen that. It was not worth watching. No. Like, I don't really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get why. I get why they did it take the piss out of him, but at the same time, I was just, no, not a fan. I get it. But yeah, I think the jokes, they get it, they're, they're a lot more hit and miss than they were, they're a lot more hit and miss than they were before. Yeah. But then again, like, it's 17 seasons in. Exactly. It's, they've written so much material, they've, they've done so many stories and gags and everything, like, you know, impressive that they've kept it somewhat good. Yeah. Um, but other problems with it, can get a bit preachy at times, um, but they kind of they take a centrist view, really. Yeah, I think. Um, but then again, it's an American sitcom first. Yeah, yeah. And American sitcoms are preachy by nature. Yeah, I guess there's that kind of implied moral stance that they have to take. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, what was the one I was going to watch, but I didn't go because I've not had internet. Full House. Full House is that quite preachy? It's family is important. <laughs> Very much family is important. Traditional values. Traditional values. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll watch that. I'll watch the first two. It's got yeah. Mary Kate and Ashley in, right? That's it. Yeah. yeah. Is that the? Is that what makes you want to watch it? Uh, no, because they're children. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of which. Um, speaking of children. Speaking of children. Um, I can't believe that Seth Green and Mila Kunis have managed to maintain those voices for half a lot. Yeah, Seth Green is. I, I can't forget about. He's a robot chicken guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he was also Dr. Evil's son in Austin Powers. But... I, did you watch Tucker on Nickelodeon? Yeah. He was he was Tucker's love interest, older boyfriend, right? I think. Yeah. I Wait, mean, what? So on that show. Was it a cartoon? No, it was a um, like a Nickelodeon live action sitcom. Tucker's love interest. I think it was called Tucker. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah. And he loved, he liked this girl, but this girl was going out with Seth Green, even though she was like 15 or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's, he's, he's a bit of an institution as well, but I don't really think about him. Never really on this time, like. He's in one of my favorite films ever. What's Pals? No, without a paddle. I've not seen that. It's great. Yeah, comedy? Yeah, it's comedy. It's got hit. It's got um, that chef and Matthew and Bart Reynolds in it as well. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of my favorite films. Everyone else, seen, like, critics hate it, but. Yeah, I love it. Great, great. <laughs> but like, family guy stuff has never been a joke where you get offended by it or it's no. like too far. I sometimes, I sometimes feel really bad for what they do to Joe. And I think it's like some of the, like one of the scenes where he's in uh, like a hot tub and his legs keep floating from the top. <laughs> it's just so. But obviously, it's a cartoon. It's not really yeah. a joke. But like, 
Yeah, and I you know I think people should have to joke about whatever the fuck they want, yeah. and if we don't like it, you know that's on us. Yeah. Um, but it sometimes just makes you feel like, oh, oh god. It's, it's weird to think that you get offended that you get offended I don't, by I, I don't get offended I get a bit like sad and, and that's even some of the stuff that I find funny even stuff that I write I think oh that's funny but like oh it's harsh it's a harsh reality that I'm yeah. referencing to yeah. and I still get a bit sad by it it's kind of like um, it's just it's sort of like morbid humour yeah you get a good laugh even if you've got a sad situation yourself yeah you still get a laugh out of it still feel bad and find it funny yeah and I think I think that's part of what Makes humor so useful and important is that it yeah. relieves a bit of that tension. Yeah. Have you ever got in trouble for telling a joke on stage or yep. anything like that? Go on, let's hear this. Um, okay, let me. Okay. Um, I had a joke about, which is a mixture of stories about me working, which is a mixture of stories about me working in the school. Right? Okay. What happened was I had one of my former, one of the old schools I used to work at. They, um, it was on my, they, they were on my, it was on my Facebook. Okay. Right? Or like a video. No, 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 no. They, they were listed as a previous workplace. Okay. Someone, a member of the public, or someone, emailed them saying, just so you know, you're a former teaching assistant of yours, is saying stuff. What a prick. Who would email? Who would do that? I have no idea. Was the stuff you were saying even that bad? Were you like, oh, they do bad shit? Like, was it, were you just kind of taking the piss? I wasn't saying any, like, proper names or anything yeah. like that, but it was, yeah. Who the fuck would do that? What kind of sad, miserable person would you have to be for, I know I'm going to fuck this guy? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. But And what did they say? Did they got in contact with you? Or? They did, yeah, they, had to get, they did get in contact with me saying, um, did you say what you actually said? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I said exactly what I said. Didn't hear anything, and I didn't hear anything since. Fair enough. And so it hasn't had any ramifications. Like they didn't call where you're working now or anything. No, I actually told the people. I actually told my current workplace. It's like, just so you know, this has happened, and my boss laughed because it's another school. As it's yeah. school, he, he laughed it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's crazy, and that's like, and that's playing to like, you know, we're still playing to fairly small audiences. If someone yeah. did that, imagine you know, playing to thousands of people. So basically, I've got a cancel story. <laughs> you're cancelled. Great. I almost got cancelled, yeah. And if you're listening to this and you do want to cancel either of us, how can they cancel? How can they get in contact with you to cancel you? Um, just tweet me abuse on Twitter. Okay. At Kogi11. Kogi11. Yeah. Send me horrible shit. Um, Sweet. But uh, nobody's there. No. Um, what was what was their thought process? For- I have no idea. Do you know what? I don't even want to know their thought process. Yeah. It was like, right, that's. Because you're mature, you like joke about rude stuff, but it's never, it's never like really mean. No. Well, from what I've heard, I haven't heard it. Yeah. But, um, well, I try not to be mean. Yeah. But. Yeah, me know. too, but it doesn't always work. Yeah. yeah. No. But. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a bit of a weird situation. But it kind of scared me into thinking, okay, I need to be a lot more careful with not exactly what I say, but. How people. Who's, list, who's yeah. listening? So, and. Yeah. You changed so, your name, didn't you? On Twitter and stuff. Yes. Yeah. I have a stage name. I have a stage name now. So yeah, Great. Kyle Wolf, baby. That's it. What should we call you on the podcast? We don't want to just call Carl. Call me Nathan. Yeah. At the moment. I haven't been bothered to like change the podcast artist thing yet. Yeah. But I might do that at some point. I don't know, we'll see what happens. Okay. So where can people see you? Um so online, uh 
uh, on all the regular social media, so Twitter, at Kogi11, same on Instagram. Um, I've been making some sketches for my friend who's got a YouTube channel called Victoria Sponge. We're working on a few a few different things um, on that. We're actually working on a sitcom. I won't say too much, but it's like a uh, like a fantasy comedy. So it's got like magical elements in it. Um, nice. We'll hopefully have something for show for that very soon. Um, so you're gonna be writing that, starring that, whatever. Uh, a bit of everything, really. Ah, yeah, so yeah, good for you. Victoria Sponge guys, you know, they they've done all the work. They've made the pilot and they've yeah. brought me on as the writer oh, and everything. But you know, see how it goes. And hopefully, I'll get my get my mug in it. Somewhere. Nice. Um, yeah, it's really good stuff, what they've done. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, just, I'm doing a lot of stand-up around London, like. So, where can they sit? Where, where are you, where are you going to get next? So, this uh, will be... Tuesday, this, yeah, up. that's true. Yeah. So, this will probably be out, not this coming Tuesday, so not, 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 not the 18th, but the week after that. Yeah. So, what are we going to have? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put my dates out on Twitter. Um, okay. Come see me there. Sweet. Okay, John, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, baby, bro, good virginity. Absolutely.